Okay, Mr. Matthew Bonner, um, welcome to the show and how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling very good, thank you. Um, relieved to have won the last fight on Friday, or last Friday, and looking forward to what's next. Look, um, uh, I tried to scan all over YouTube, even ask people who have been there cage sides at um, CW151 um, how the fight went, but I saw the result round one in less than five minutes. That, that that's crazy. I mean, how do you, how did you do that? I mean, how was the fight? I should ask. Really, the the, the fight was always gonna kind of depend on where if I could kind of keep it stood up, or if Cadena was gonna be able to take it down. Cadena uh, was you know second degree black belt, very accomplished on the ground, um, and so I knew coming in that he was gonna try and take me down. He was gonna try and use that jujitsu against me. Uh, we had a good game plan going in. Uh, and that's why it was over in you know, the fight lasted about three minutes. That's why it was over so fast because he did exactly what we thought he would do. And mm. I managed to defend the takedowns, uh, do some damage from guard. And yeah, I saved three minutes in. It was, uh, it was all Shiro. He was, he was, he was finished. And the referee stepped in and stopped the fight. The referee had to step in and stop the fight. Um, well, I mean, Going into the fight itself, in the run-up to the fight, you're doing, of course, there's a fight camp, you're doing all the things you're supposed to do, making weight and nutrition is supposed to be um, on point, everything. But, I mean, studying your opponent, I mean, did you watch any of his past fights just to see any weaknesses, anything that you can take advantage of and, advantage of and capitalise on to help you um, win? Yeah, I managed to watch his, his last two fights. One was... Um, against Darren Stewart on Cage Rose New Year's Eve show. So that was a very recent fight. Uh, and he did the same. He came and he looked for a takedown and, and Darren Stewart ended up finishing it from guard, very similar to how I finished it. And I was fortunate enough. He actually fought about four weeks before, you know, me and him fought um, over in Poland, uh, an organisation called TFL. And again, he did the exact same. He, he rushed his opponent. He tried to get the takedown. He did actually beat that guy. He managed to get the takedown got a jumping back take and finished with a very naked choke. Um, so I was very much aware of what he what he was bringing to the table, what his tactics were going to be and what my tactics were going to be to counter that. Wow, wow. And that, that is good. I mean, you clearly went back to the drawing board. You did your homework, to, to, to basically to kind of be on point and know what potentially you'd be seeing in the cage there that night. But, um, I mean... I remember this coming from a conversation I had with someone else that um, he's, you said he's been doing the, kind of like the same thing in the past and it hasn't always worked. And, you know, yeah. if you keep repeating the same thing, then really that's kind of insanity. You're not going to get much success all the time. Yeah, it was, I, see, it's a shame at the lower levels, you can get away with doing stuff like that. I mean, Cadena's subbed, 21 of his opponents, he has won 30 fights, but when you do creep up into the higher levels, you know, the top European organisations like Cage Warriors, and we have got access to, to people's fight footage and whatnot, you need to be good everywhere, and Condetta was not good everywhere, he had a very, very good ground game, but his wrestling was quite poor, and his striking was quite poor, and coming up against me, I'm, I, I would say I'm the opposite, I'm quite good everywhere, I might not be a specialist in one area, but I'm, I'm, I'm good everywhere, and so I can I can fight in every single dimension of the MMA fight where he clearly had just the one area which he excels in. Um, look, this is the first time I've been spe I'm speaking to you, and I've not met you before, but um, 
I always like to take the conversation um kind of like to the beginning of say your, your backstory. So um I would like to ask um how the journey for combat sports and then um moving more specifically into mixed martial arts and for you where did it start? So I started um doing Thai boxing when I was 10, 10 years old. I've got a twin brother actually who's a professional Thai boxer, you know, one of the best in the world at his weight class. He's fighting for a world title in um in Germany on Saturday. So I'm going going Germany on Friday to watch him. So we, we started when we were ten year old and that was it that was just a self defence. It was a hobby. It was something that we enjoyed doing. It was the intention to be professional fighters and being able to make money off this just just wasn't even it wasn't even an idea in our heads that, that could ever happen. Um, so we did Thai boxing for about five or six years. Then we discovered MMA through um, the UFC, the Ultimate Fighter, uh, one of the seasons. And we got into MMA. Uh, I, I cracked on with my MMA. Dan ended up going back to Thai boxing, and he's been very successful in Thai boxing. And I'd hope to be, you know, quite successful in the MMA as well. But like I say, it was purely because I enjoyed doing it. I was always very passionate about doing it. And it was never to be a pro fight. It was never to be able to do this as a living. It was just something that I, uh, I very much enjoyed doing. You say that, uh, well, you say you enjoy, you enjoy it, but you, back then you never really saw yourself as in progressing and achieving as much success as, you, as you've done as in so far now. Yeah, it was just, even you know, we're, we're talking now about maybe, when I first started, it would have been 2000. And, you know, when I was kind of 20 years old, we're talking about early 2010s. I mean, yeah. the UFC has moved on so fast now that everybody knows what the UFC was, but no one had a clue what the UFC was then. Mm. Even the top stars weren't making, you know, a considerable amount of money. Um, so that's why it wasn't really an option. The young kids coming up now, that they're lucky enough to see that there's potential, there's, there's money there, there's... You know, there's options there in terms of coaching and um, fighting and traveling the world and living the dreams. But back then it was, it, it was a little bit more kind of innocent back then. It was just, we enjoyed doing it. We had no intention of, of, of doing anything. And we, we just kind of cracked on, enjoyed training, liked the discipline, liked the exercise. And like I say, was enjoyed the competing side of it as well. Did you, have you ever found yourself say in a public place outside of sparring outside of the cage outside of anything to do with any official combat sports both you and your brother have you ever found yourself having to use the skills maybe if you know you're in a pub somewhere and someone just they're running their mouth with it too much have you ever had to you know you know what i mean yeah only once only once ah. i remember i was um i was going for a walk with my girlfriend at the time she's my wife now um and we'd gone for a walk in one of the local parks. It was it was quite late and it was very cold outside as well. And we were just, just walking, walking through the park. Um, and the guy just approached us. Uh, and this this guy was obviously high on, I think he ended up saying he was high on acid or something like that. He, he took some drugs and he just kind of picked me out. God knows why, but he picked me out and said, you know, essentially, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you and all the rest of it. I've ended up fighting this fellow. I, I low kicked him and swept him straight away and jumped on him. And then as soon as I jumped on him, this fellow's gone, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please stop. You know, don't hurt me and all the rest of it. Me being a fool, I've stood back up. And then he's gone back to doing the same. Um calling me names, saying he's gonna, you know, he's gonna stab me, he's gonna kill me, all, all the rest of it. So I've ended up gripping him, threw him over a garden wall, and on the other side of the garden wall is ended up knocking himself out. 
like I got my toes and and went back home and just left him to it in in some poor person's front garden. Yeah, and that's mm. really the only the only time I've ever I've ever had to use use anything. Um, and it's just it's not my style at all. I'm I'm quite quite laid back. Yeah, um, yeah. I do enjoy competing for for the sporting side of it. I've always said. I don't want to hurt anyone, but I am willing to hurt someone to win a fight. It's just what goes with the territory of competing in mixed martial arts. But um, I'm not a bully, and I'm, I wouldn't say I was an aggressive person in the slightest. That's very interesting. But then again, you know, the guy had it coming. He was asking for oh, it anyway. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the guy's problem was at all. Uh, like I say, he was obviously like high on drugs and um, just approached me. I don't know why he approached some six foot two bald fella but um it didn't it didn't work out for him very well in the end um but look um your success in the sport i mean um i also saw that you're also from the same gym i mean i'm not sure if that's the case right now as um shamrock bjj yeah that's correct yeah wow now, uh, there's some big names coming from that from that gym in fact some big names coming from that city i mean Overall, what would you um, owe your success to? Is it hard work or the people around you, discipline, a personal responsibility, or even, dare I say, maybe just luck or so? I certainly think luck does play a part in, in, in these things. Um, but I would say it's always a, a mix of a few things. I, I, I kind of caught myself, it was about four years back, when I was essentially training myself and coaching myself and I'd dip off to different gyms and do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu somewhere and then I'd do striking somewhere else. Um, and I was just, I, I ended up losing two fights in a row. This is very early in my pro career. And I thought, right, something something needs to change here. It's kind of what you mentioned before about repeating the same mistakes, being, being you know, it's insane, it's insanity. So I said, I need to get to the best gym that I can possibly get to uh, and develop as a fighter under a professional coaching team. And, and next gen, next generation, where Paddy Pimlet is, where Molly began, where Shemrock, that was that was the gym um, that at the time was was very successful. Lucky lucky enough, it's you know it's it's become it's blown up even bigger now with Paddy in the UFC and Molly in the UFC, and we've got so many guys working their way up through Cage Warriors. We've got Bellator fighters, we've got Octagon fighters. So the gym's just going from strength to strength. So. I've I've always said that my my success has has initially come from joining Next Gen and 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 developing under under that coaching team. Uh, that's that's awesome, and um, I mean, there's us another gym just on my doorstep here that I had no idea that some big big names actually coming from this from them as well. I'm not sure if you heard of them, the Bloodline Gym. Right, okay, I've not heard of them. No, no I might no. have heard some of the names of the fighters. Uh, no, but you know when I was kind of like taken in by um mixed martial arts and really got um the um i was really no let me say became a fight fan um i was always thinking that um where i live um in east london here here hackney that there wasn't really um any major gyms or gym, mm. any major combat sports gyms that produced any um, active fighters that are fairly well known in the uk scene but um no i was even surprised you know close to home um, that kind of thing, um, but um, so in preparation for a fight, um, when it comes to like cutting weights, um, mm. nutrition, as in, how do you normally start that? I mean, I I know I've mentioned the fight camp, but as in, you yourself just just if you can walk through the process of what you normally do. So I kind of a fight camp would for most people be about an eight week 
eight week slot. Um, and that that would be eight weeks of very hard training with focus sparring, preparing for an opponent. Uh, in terms of nutrition, I, I'm at a good stage in my career now. I used to compete at welterweight and I would walk around sometimes about 95 kilo and have to cut down to 77 kilo, which just, just destroyed me. It, it was a terrible idea. And so about two, two years ago, I moved up to middleweight, which is 84 and a half kilo. And that's a very, very comfortable cut. So in, in terms of my diet and nutrition, it's about getting the correct amount of protein and carbohydrates and, and just for the eight-week period, tidying everything up, being a little bit more disciplined with meals, with snacks and things like that, timing the carbs appropriately around, around training so I've got the right energy levels so I can train effectively. Um, but like I said, I used, I used to cut an enormous amount of weight um, about kind of even the week of the fight in terms of the water loading and whatnot and the, the baths and the saunas that we used to do, I'd cut about 10 kilos over the course of that one week. Um, and and that, that that does get dangerous and, and that mm. does make a massive impact on the fight. So now I've moved up to middleweight. Um, for the last fight, last Friday, I didn't do any baths. I didn't do any saunas. Uh, it just came off lovely. And, and, and you know that showed in the fight, I felt great and my preparation was was perfect for that. You know, when you say that it's dangerous to cut so much weight, I mean, I've seen in some ways, especially in the um, UFC, um, some some athletes will say, step on the scale and they faint. Uh, and I won't forget the stories I've heard that where some people cut so much fat, so much weight that they hear, I still can't believe it, they hear their brain rattling inside their skull. Mm. I mean, has that any of those symptoms or side effects ever happened to you? Well, I've had I've had kind of my liver and my spleen have swollen up. Um, like you'll you'll get backache and you think, Christ, my, my back's very sore, but it's not actually your back; it's your kidneys that are you know are, are, that battered essentially from 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 the water depletion. Um, unfortunately, on the last show, I had a teammate who had a terrible water cut and he had to go to the hospital because he completely collapsed. And he was unresponsive for about 30 minutes. We had to drag him out the bath um, and get an ambulance to him because, you know, he essentially was in the process of nearly dying. Um, and that, that's that's how bad the weight cut can go if it isn't structured right and if you don't take professional advice. Um, the, the idea of cutting weight so you have this massive advantage the day after, you know, say I, 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 I fight 77 kilo, then the next day I can hydrate up to 90 kilo. That's the idea of the advantage with 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 the water cut. But if you're if you've done your organs damage, if if your body is is really really dehydrated, it's 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 not an advantage. It's a disadvantage, and you will take a lot more damage. You will your your brain will take a lot more damage. We're pulling water out of the skin. We're pulling water out of the organs, out of the brain, out of the kidneys, out of the spleen, and that that's not good. That's um that's very dangerous. Um. But but I mean even just the uh, like you said um you can be seventy seven kg uh one day and the following day expected to go up to mm. ninety kg that's yeah a fairly significant step up mm. in weight I mean that alone itself it that's still very and then the body I mean depending on what body type you have that's not very healthy for you at all it's not um and I think I think people kind of 
they mis they misunderstand it as, as a fight. They say, "Well, I'm getting punched in the head, I'm getting kicked, and and that's dangerous." So, you know, I'm not too bothered about this weight cut. Um, it has to be done in a professional way. It has to be done safely. Uh, I'm not a, a big believer in, in in big weight cuts anymore. I did it too many times and, and didn't feel much of an advantage the day after. Uh, I feel much better at middleweight now. I did very briefly go back to welterweight uh, a couple fights ago. Uh, and it was the worst performance again that I'd ever had. And then I've gone back up to middleweight again and had plenty of success. So to me, that justified staying at middleweight and, and not moving not moving any lower. But hmm. yeah, I, I think it kind of ebbs and flows this. You know, some fighters think they can cut weight and go in massive, like someone like Alex Pereira. And then people like um, Robert Whittaker, for instance, will walk around about what he fights at. Same with Demetrius Johnson as well. He walks around at 136 pounds. He fights at 135 pounds. So it's he doesn't cut weight and you know he's an absolute legend of the sport. So yeah, it, it's it's probably the most controversial part of the sport is, is the water loading and the water cutting. Um and, and that that is when you're going into a camp, you're not thinking about the fight. You're thinking of getting past the water cut. That's the thing you're scared about. You're not scared of the fight. You're scared about if you're able to cut the amount of weight you you know you've you've you're gonna cut. That being said, um, so what do you think should should happen for someone like yourself who's a professional fighter who's gained so much success in this sport? What would you suggest should happen? Should promotions like I think one championship does is they've got mm. far more weight divisions than a promotion like the UFC. I yeah. mean, should promoters have more weight divisions at least to make it easier for the, and safer for the fighters to perform at different weights, which they can which they can match, I think, easily and safely as well. It, this this is very difficult. Again, I think this is probably the most controversial part of MMA. It's very hard to to say, how do we combat this? 1FC now do hydration tests. Uh, they unfortunately had a very young, I think he was 19-year-old, who ended up having a stroke in the sauna because he was cutting so much weight. Mm. And after that young kid died, they brought in these hydration tests. But there is there is still ways you can bypass the hydration tests. Um, people will look for an advantage. Uh, some people say, maybe you weigh him on the same day that you fight him. So say I'm fighting on a Saturday, I weigh him on the Saturday morning. And then, you know, we fight late on the Saturday evening, but you still will find people who will dehydrate on the Saturday to then try and replenish um, enough water to, to then compete onwards. There's just not an easy way to combat this. Um, the UFC ended up banning IVs at one point to try and combat people rehydrating quicker and to put people off doing that. And it's a problem that none of the organisations seem to have solved, um, unfortunately, at the moment. Mm. No, it's uh, it's quite it's quite a sad one because you said a child more or less lost their life because mm. they were losing so much weight and a stroke at nineteen. Mm. That's that's just horrible. It's crazy. Um, this is a bit controversial. What I'm gonna ask you next. Next, so if you wanna attempt to mind my my business, excuse me. Um, that's fine. When it comes to losing a fight, um. What is that like? I mean, and what as in around you, the people around you, you not just the immediate people, as in your team, family, friends, mm. um, even online, because you're online, you now have so many trolls. Yeah. What is that like? I mean, do you get lots of haters just spewing out all sorts of BS and uh, 
Yeah. I, I've been pretty fortunate where I've not really dealt with 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 trolls and whatnot. Um, losing losing is very difficult. It 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 does feel. I've, I've I remember Molly Molly McGann saying this actually. It almost feels like a death. It almost feels like the death, like you've lost something. Um, you put all this time and effort, and you think, "Oh my God, if I'm going to win this fight, I'm going to be one step closer to you know whatever dream UFC, you know Cage Royce title, whatever whatever it is." And you you put all your aspirations, you know, in, in, into into this win, and then when it doesn't happen, it does. It, it you go through you know a lot of different emotions very quickly. Um. First, it's like almost like a disbelief. It's almost like you've woken up from a dream. You can't quite believe what's happened, and then the next thing it might be you get really upset, and maybe you'll you'll, you'll cry and you'll say, "Oh my god, this is the worst thing that's mm. ever happened to me." And then yeah. the next emotion is, "I'm gonna come back stronger, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the gym, and I'm gonna you know not make that mistake again, and this this and this." And then you'll go back to the first emotion again, and you'll kind of go through these these different emotions one after each other. And um, I find a, a couple of days, you know, time heals and you do realize, certainly me, I, I've got to a point where I've realized, listen, fight, fighting is massively important to me. It's something I've done for two decades, but life does go on. You lose a fight, you will learn from it. If you, you know, if you, you can take that little bit of the, the silver lining away from a loss and it will, it will make you better. If you go back to the gym and don't repeat the same mistakes. Um, very much in my early career, it was what they say. It was like you wanted the earth to swallow you up and and whatnot, and you were embarrassed and you were ashamed and all the rest of it. But now I feel a little bit more level-headed about it, and I think, you know what? I've, you know, I've got I've got a pregnant wife now. I've got a gym that I run. I've got friends and family, and if I if I lose a fight, it just is what it is. I'll, I'll I can I can retire if I want to. You know, if if I don't want to do it anymore, you know, I can always retire. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, life life isn't over just because you lose one fight. No, I ask that because um in the past um it's something that I when I was when I saw it for the first time I was thinking this it looks quite bizarre. Sometimes it's um can be quite amusing. But on the flip side, the people who are making all those negative comments mm. and saying that such and such fights are lost, would they have stepped inside the cage themselves to, you know, at least give the person who lost the fight that respect because they did what you more than likely would never, ever do? Yeah, I, I think you're right. But I think I, I also be, really strongly believe it's, it's what we sign up as fighters. It's like, um, like Hollywood actors, for instance, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll act in a film, they'll get paid a ginormous amount of money. And then that's the pro. And, you know, that's the great thing about that part of life. The con to that is, you know, nonstop media attention. Mm. You know, every time you step out the door, there's a camera flashing in your face. You have to take the bad with the good. Not everything is just good. Um, and we, we do, we put ourselves out there to, to look like fools. You'll go out there, you can get knocked out in the first 10 seconds and that eight weeks of training can be a complete waste of time. And then you'll get messages off people who are trying to you know, rip you down, kick you while you're already down. Um, but again, I, I do strongly feel that's what you sign up for. Um, and again, if, if, you, if you don't like it, then you don't need to compete. It would it, it, be an amazing world, wouldn't it, if people didn't say any negative things. Yeah, but yeah. it just is what it is and you, you've got to deal with it. All right. Um, 
because I know that we start this interview put a little bit later than um what I what I wanted. Um now the UFC two eighty seven, which is drawing even closer and closer and closer. I just want to get your opinion on two fights. Mm. Uh the second one uh, people are even speculating will it even happen. But Israel Desanya versus Alex Pereira, mm. who do you think will take the win away from that? I think it's hard to say anything other than Pereira, isn't it? Because he's won so many times against Adesanya. Um, yeah, I yeah. can't say I'm kind of the biggest fan as Adesanya. I think he's an incredible fighter, but there's something about his personality which which grates on me. But I would actually love to see Adesanya win that fight. I'd love to see or someone who's been knocked down so many times about by, by the same person. I like. I always. I've got a little bit of a soft spot for an underdog. So. Um, do I think Adesanya's going to win? No, I think Pierre will probably win. But I'd, I'd love to see Adesanya win. Um, like I said, as a fighter, he's, he's an incredible fighter. Mm, yeah, I agree. They're one of the best strikers mm. in the mixed martial arts. Mm. The second fight, Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. Yeah, this is a special one, this, isn't it? This is... <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, it's... It's kind of, you'd 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 love just to kind of be a little bit blasé about Connor's. But oh yeah, I'm not really bothered. But every time Connor's name's mentioned, this you kind of you get goosebumps thinking about it. Um, I, I play Chandler. I think we'll win this. Um, I I, I do. I, I it'd be interesting, very interesting to see how Connor's leg is after that that leg break. <laughs> um, to yeah. see what his rehab's been like, to see what his recovery's been like. But never bet, never bet against Conor McGregor. You know, never, never bet against anyone who has got such, you know, insane power. You know, that right hook that he throws, that lead right hook. If he lands that, he can, you know, he he can deck anyone. Um. So again, if I was betting, I would probably say Chandler. But I um I won't put it past Conor to to make a massive comeback and and finish Chandler off with like a maybe a round one or round two knockout. Well. There's also the other question. People are also speculating with the way Conor McGregor's been, okay, fairly been inactive in the sport yeah. and also he's been partying and drinking. He's also pouring plenty of size as well now. Yeah. Is this fight going to happen at all? Yeah, it kind of depends how they deal with the USADA. You know, obviously the, the drugs agency. Mm-hmm. Conor McGregor does seem to have put an absolute chunks of flesh on him you know even his the, the size of his head has changed and that's generally like a, a symptom of taking human growth hormone which is a steroid or your jaw thickens out your muscles are denser um so yeah it kind of depends i i imagine with the money involved it'll it will happen um it kind of depends what happens on the ultimate fighter as well you know how, how that goes down um I I think Connor sometimes because because he's got everything because he's got the money, you know, and he's accomplished his dreams. He needs a motivation to fight, and if he has beef with Chandler on the set, of the Ultimate Fighter, that might be his motivation to, you know, to get his act together and put in a proper training camp and and pass all the side of tests and whatnot. But I hope it happens. It'd be good for the sport if it happens. It, it draws more eyes, and I'd love to watch it. Now you say. There's something else you said there which has given me um, another thought, another question to pose to you. Um, but before I ask that question, do you really think he's taken something else in some sort of form? Oh, some sort of... yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, and even if you think of Connor, he, he might have took that human growth hormone just, just to mend his leg. 
know, the, the, the leg break that he had was substantial. Oh, uh, and the okay. body, especially at his age, might not be able to repair to repair that leg. Um, honestly, I, 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 I couldn't blame him for doing that. It's not, not anything that I would ever do, be interested in. But um, if he's had to take a substance to heal his leg, yeah. to get himself in a position where he can walk around as a normal human being would, then you know, I can quite understand why he would, uh, why he would have done that. Mm. Um, well, in terms of the uh, how entertaining it would be for the sport for fight fans, well, if he doesn't, if he's not his, if he's not his one hundred percent normal self, well, the fight may not be very entertaining, will it? Possibly. Um, and, and let's face it, you can have two guys who come in a hundred percent, and it can still be a boring fight. It's 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 a strange sport fighting. Um, I, I I've known guys who have barely trained and gone in and smashed a guy who's dedicated his whole life to a training camp. What hap- yeah. what, what matters in a fight is what you can do on the day. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you've done in training, doesn't matter how fit you are, doesn't matter how well you've sparred. If you can't put it all together on the day, none of it matters. No one cares what you do on the pads. Everybody cares what you can do when the spotlight's on you and when the cameras are rolling and that that's when it truly matters. Last but not least, any shout-outs you want to give to anyone? I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a long list, endless list. I'd say thanks to everyone at Next Generation, uh, who, like I mentioned before, all my success is due, due to Next Generation uh, in terms of training. Uh, I'd like to thank my wife, Leslie. Leslie Bonner, she's just about ready to burst with our first baby, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, thanks to my bro- twin brother, Daniel. Um Again, for being a, a training partner for the last 20 years and hopefully he's going to do the business this Saturday in Germany and win his first uh, first Thai Boxing World title. And special thanks to kind of all my sponsors as well who, you know, who essentially make it a lot easier for me to train full-time. Um, Liberalis, Pitbull, Tunnel Vision, uh, Power Through. These are just, just, just a few of the companies who have, will give me, you know, either gear, equipment or, or money to, you know, to, to accomplish my dream really um so thanks to thanks to the people i've just mentioned and thanks for yourself for having me on the for having me on the show no thank you for coming on and definitely definitely we will definitely be having you back on the show very soon i'm sure looking forward to it you know for a fighter you're despite your accent you're very well spoken very articulate oh, you. you are very very much so thank you i, I kind of um I would like to go into some kind of public speaking, I think, at one point, when this whole career is said and done. I do, do enjoy kind of doing the podcast and, and whatnot, but um, no, yes. that's pretty much it. That's something I was I should have asked you during the uh, the meat of this conversation. What, what, you know, is that something you'd like to do? Because you seem like someone who people would listen to you speak clearly. I mean, I find there's this, the sound of brash where the people tend to speak like nowadays a lot, but... But if someone's speaking clearly and properly, articulately, they tend to listen. Mm, yeah, it is something that I've I have thought about, and something I think I'd like to do with with my brother as well. Something that we can do after after fighting. That's you know, everyone's got an expiry date in the career. Okay. I'd love to fight for another five years, but you know, after that, you know, we we have got a gym that we run together. Um, you know, a fight gym. But if we could do kind of like a podcast on the side or or something to to that extent, that that would um. Yeah, I would be excited about doing something like that. Thank you so much for coming on this show. Thank you so much. Pleasure.